Hey, what's going on, everyone? My name is Matt Jarbo. This is Three Buck Theater. And as you can see, things look a little bit different today on November 1st, 2018. Uh, the overlay is a little bit different. Of course, Mike Myers is right there on the screen if you're watching this on YouTube. If you're catching the podcast later on, you got to imagine Mike Myers sitting there, but Mike Myers is there because we're going to be talking about Austin Powers 4 potentially. Uh, down on the list here of topics, as you can see here, the newly formatted podcast has a topics list because I'm going to get organized. I swear it's going to happen. You guys are going to like the new organized Matt. As things progress throughout the course of 2018 and on, onward. Uh, so, yeah. So, anyway, uh, the long-form uh, podcast is back. The uh, The show, hopefully, uh, at one point will go live as well as doing it through just uh, through just doing podcast form. Uh, I'd like to get on guests, have a, have a, have a Q&A section, uh, maybe a possible voicemail line, things like that where you guys can call in and leave your comments and then maybe we can do some live stuff. So that, that is stuff that is going to be coming down the pipeline. I don't want to bite off more than I can chew. I want to ease back in to doing the long form podcast. Uh, I know I've tried this multiple times over the course of the last year and a half that this channel has been a thing. Um, I always go back and forth between audio and video, um, but I always find myself just completely drawn to audio completely drawn to it in a way that I can never escape. And I'm, I'm, I'm done hiding from that. And I want to, I want to just express myself through my voice, but don't worry if you like looking at my face, if you like looking at my ugly ass mug for the reviews, three buck reviews, you will be able to see that, that, that will be on three buck reviews, youtube.com. I don't have a, a direct URL for it yet. I haven't kind of created it, but uh, you can find the link for it in the video description or on three buck theater. And that's going to be stuff I'm working on too. I, I've been very much behind in the last couple of weeks with that. And that is my own fault. There's been a lot going on. I got to catch up on South park. I got to catch up on uh, star Wars resistance. I got to catch up on D on DC's Titans. There's a lot of TV to watch and not enough time in the goddamn day to play that or to watch that as well as uh, play red dead redemption Two. And I will fully admit red dead redemption two is taking up a lot of my time, but let's, let's stop taking up your time. Let's jump into the first story today because this one is a big one. This is the big wowzer that came out yesterday and the one that I am just truly, truly enamored with because it shows you that DC is finally hitting peak fuck it mode and I'm okay with that. I'm 100% on board. Birds of Prey director confirms that the, that it will be rated R. Now, this is significant because we know that Marvel right now, Marvel right now is not going to touch rated R. They don't want to go anywhere near rated R. The, the, the closest they're going to come is the, the, the very erotic sex scenes in Jessica Jones and or Iron Fist with Ward and that his sponsor. I mean, she took off her panties and I'm pretty sure you saw something. I need to go back and watch it again on my 4K HDR UHD stream and zoom in, you know, ch -ch -ch enhance, ch -ch -ch enhance, ch -ch -ch enhance, like when Blade Runner. But anyway, I don't know. I'm off on a tangent on that one. But anyway, Birds of Prey director confirms the DC film will be rated R. Now, Kathy Yan, who's the director of the film, confirmed that the film will be indeed rated R. The movie will follow Harley Quinn, played once again by Margot Robbie, as she teams up with Huntress, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, Black Canary, Journey Smollett-Bell, in a Gotham City without Batman. Now it looks like uh, Harley and friends will be fighting to save Cassandra Kane in a universe unhindered by the PG-13 rating. So the thing with that, the thing with that to consider is why, why this is what I don't get, All right? We know that DC wanted to go dark. We know that DC wanted to go gritty. They tried it with Batman. I actually really liked the take on Batman and Batman v Superman. They tried it with Superman, Man of Steel, still top five film 2013. I, I go back and watch that movie a couple times a year. Uh, I love it. I absolutely love it. 
Uh, I love the the story of, of Superman and the deconstruction of the character. I'm sorry if you don't, but that's my personal opinion on it. Then, of course, you know, they, uh, that, that didn't, they didn't go very well. Batman v Superman kind of screwed the pooch in that regard simply because of the poor editing. And I blame that on an executive. You know, look, look the third act with Dark, with, with, with you know, with, uh, with Doomsday, uh, notwithstanding. Okay, let's, we can all agree that maybe the death of Superman wasn't, should, shouldn't have been done in that movie. Okay, we can agree on that one. But... They really wanted to lighten the tone because they saw what it did for Marvel. And then they saw what happened with Justice League and it didn't work out. And even though Shazam is going to be lighter tone, uh, you know, and Aquaman is going to be a lighter tone. They obviously still want to have their for adults version of, of you know, of, of, <laughs> of these movies. It's like it's 9 p.m. at the DCEU time to put away the fucking puppets. Right. That's what it feels like to me. So rated R film. She's calling it radar confirmed it's rated R. She loved the script, said it's a blast, said it's a great thing. And I'm just really, really, really interesting, interested to see what's going to happen with this thing next. Because to me, it says that they understand that there's a marketplace for rated R content. I think they've looked at the response to the Joker, uh, to it's to that standalone movie. And the fact that's going to be rated R and they're like, oh, audiences are going to respond to this. Yes, because when it comes to to the villains of, 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 of the DC universe. It, it is fine to go with R-rated stuff there. All right. Now, if, if Harley Quinn starts dropping, dropping F-bombs and talking about putting bats where the sun don't shine and not, refu- not, not, not in a violent way, but in like, a, this is how I got through prison sort of way. Uh, you know, those lonely nights in jail without Mr. J it was Mr. B, A-T, just the bat. No man. She don't need no man because she Harley Quinn. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, so so you've got that <laughs> you've got that whole thing. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen with that. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what they're going to do. But uh, apparently, they're going to be fighting. Uh, they're going to be fighting uh, Ewan McGregor as uh, as Black Mask. Apparently, right now he's in final negotiations uh, to play the character to play the Gotham mob boss and Batman foe. Uh, and says here, uh, yeah. So it's that's it. This all we know right now is Ewan McGregor. Uh, which I guess makes sense because everyone was hoping that the, the Obi-Wan movie was going to happen. They were hoping that the Obi-Wan film was going to kick off, that the Obi-Wan film was going to be his next project. Because apparently he was getting into shape, right? Like there was reports of that. He grew out the beard. He's getting into shape. You're like, oh, they're going to announce it. And then, of course, there's that whole restructuring or, you know, uh, over there at Lucasfilm. And so at this point, he's probably like, yeah, I'll take on playing Black Mask. I mean, you won't ever see my face uh, and whatever. So he could have whatever beard he wants. Right. None of this. None of this photoshopping out, uh, you know, Superman's mustache to make him look like a much younger Adam Baldwin. Compare the two together, by the way, compare the two together. And you see what I'm talking about. Uh, so so you've you've so you've got that. You've got the whole situation with him. Uh, and, but again, a, a Batman less uh, movie. I mean, I get it. But I mean, what I hope the, what I hope is that they don't just remove Batman entirely. Actually, what I hope is that Batman makes a cameo appearance. I really do. I really hope that he makes a cameo appearance. I really hope that uh, that it's Ben Affleck, even though it's probably not going to happen because the rumors are that they're out. But then I've heard so- stories saying that they're in. Who knows what is going on at this point? No one here knows what's going on. No one here knows exactly what's happening, except uh, we're all kind of out of the loop and we're all wondering We're all wondering just what the hell is going down. But speaking of just what the hell is going on, apparently Bad Boys 3 is now a go. Bad Boys 3, a movie long in gestation, should have already been out last year. Then they moved it to January this year. And they keep going back and forth and back and forth. And Will Smith was on board, most likely, because Suicide Squad 2 got delayed. And then they're waiting for Martin Lawrence to get his ass back in gear. And apparently, 
that's not that's not going to happen uh, because it says here that uh, the movie is supposed to be released in 2017 again. But like I said, every, then it was moved to January 2018. Uh, obviously, that didn't happen ever since that time. Both Martin Lawrence and Will Smith have stated that the third chapter in the series tentatively titled Bad Boys for Life would eventually happen. But there is no word on it. And then Lawrence posted this image to Instagram saying it's official Bad Boys for Life. Martin Lawrence and Will Smith together. Uh, hashtag team Marty Mar, hashtag team bad boys for life at Will Smith, hashtag we back. Now that to me is amazing. I don't know how you guys feel about the, uh, about the, about the series, about the, the bad boys movies. I freaking love them. Uh, bad boys one, you know, one of Michael Bay's first films. I think it exempt, I think his early movies are better than his later films, to be honest with you, but the care, the, the charisma between Will Smith and Martin Lawrence. And this was Will Smith's first, like big R rated hit coming off of, you know, fresh Prince of Bel-Air to solidify him as an action star. Martin Lawrence bringing the comedy. Uh, the two worked well off each other. The action was great. The villain was great. Uh, Taya Leone was actually good in that movie. You know, like, uh, I remember I was watching it one time when I was like probably 15 or something. And my, my grandpa comes in and it's a scene with like Taya Leone kind of looking like, I, it was one of the scenes where she's kind of vulnerable and he comes in he's all like, well, she's an attractive lady. And I'm like, God damn it, grandpa. And I turned it off and I walked away. I can't do this with you in the room. Uh, I always feel weird watching movies like that with my grandparents anyway. You know, they don't really watch violent movies. However, my grandmother, before she passed away, the last time I visited them, sat down with me to watch 13th Warrior. She really liked it. So I missed out on watching cool movies with my grandma. That sucks. So that's just a, that's just a, a PSA here from those of us. Well, mainly me at Three Buck Theater. That the, watch, watch R-rated violent action movies with your grandparents because probably they like them. Just just going to put that one out there. But anyway, Bad Boys 2 was also not as good as Bad Boys 1, but the action was hype. Uh, the action was lit. It was insane. And Michael Bay, I think that was Michael Bay's most intense film, which is really funny, too, if you notice this. So if you notice the first Transformers movie, which came out four years after Bad Boys uh, 2 did, uh, you can go back and look at Michael Bay's signature shots that he used in Bad Boys 1 and Bad Boys 2 and, and, and also The Rock with like the flares, but whatever. Um, and you can see that he stole all of his old shots, right. And put them in the, into transformers, but he, he, he made them work in bad boys. And I recommend bad boys too, just in terms of a, of a long action film. It's long as hell, but it's good as hell. And I really, really like this. So whenever the hell this is coming out, we have no freaking idea. Uh, you know, they're saying, oh, oh, they're saying here that the release date of the film is somewhere January, 2020 at this point. I will believe it when I see it because January 2020 would put the film uh, 16 and a half years after the release of the uh, of the uh, the last one. So that, you know, it's a long ass time, a long ass time between these movies. Uh, but then again, right now we're in this age of nostalgia. We're going back 15 years feels like something new again. So with a good script and a good director, uh, you know, and, and with the chemistry of the two lead actors. I think things are going to be all right. Although I wonder if it's going to tie into that bad boy series starring Gabrielle Union and Jessica Alba. I got no, I got no idea. I got no idea what they're up to with that one. Anyway, here, uh, let's jump into the weird news. This is weird. All right. So, uh, so, so apparently Austin Powers four, Austin Powers Quattro, uh, is going to be coming. And Mike Myers hints that a fourth installment is likely. Uh, so it says here that Austin Powers and Trek star Mike Myers has him busy doing the press rounds to promote uh, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, which I didn't know that he's in that movie, and now I want to go see it even more. 
Uh, however, in an interesting piece of news, he did drop what seems like the fourth film was on the way for a spy spoof, uh, saying here that you're going to see Dr. Evil soon somewhere in the culture. The next Powers movie is looking good, he said. Uh, and that's 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 probably about it. Uh, except for he says they take a long time to write. Really? Really? They take, they, they take a long time to write? I mean, yeah, baby. Yeah, I don't know if those really took a long time to write. It depends, I guess, on what you're spoofing. It, it really does depend on what you're spoofing. Now, I would probably argue that a fourth Austin Powers movie, if they're going to be making fun of the different, you know, types of, of you know, they were obviously spoofs on Bond films. Uh, you know, very similar to Kingsman being a spoof on the gentleman's spy, but I'm obviously bond. Uh, and, and, you know, Austin powers one, two, and three were fantastic, but even then just like bad boys Two, Austin powers and gold member, uh, came out August of 2003, you know, so it's been 15 years since the last movie. I mean, it's been a long time. And what has he done since then? Yeah. A couple Shrek movies, actually Shrek. Between then and now, you had three Shrek films, Shrek 2, 3, and 4. You know, and he's popped up here and there in Glorious Bastards, a couple little things. But the last movie he starred in was, you know, was The Love Guru, which was like a, not a good movie. You know what I mean? This wasn't good. It wasn't what Mike Myers, you know, what he was, I think what he was capable of making, in my opinion. Now, that being said, I was at the MTV movie awards in 2008 when he hosted and I got to see the live version of him and Dana Carvey doing Wayne and Garth right from Wayne's world. And now if they wanted to do a Wayne's world three Wayne's world now, you know, it's been over 20 years. They've uh, him and Cassandra have a kid, uh, you know, Garth uh, is still doing his thing. And, and it's like, they, they come back they, they're vloggers now in the digital age. You know what I mean? Like instead of act cable access, they've got a YouTube show. And then it's like taking off from there and whatnot, doing brand deals and it, whatever the hell it is. Right. It's nostalgia and all that crap that could easily, I would rather them do a Wayne's world three than an Austin powers Four. And I, but because again, the article here did say like, you know, Vern Troyer passed away from suicide recently. You know, it's going to be hard to have Dr. Evil without Mini-Me. You know what I mean? It's going to, it's going to be hard to, to have another movie with, with, without him, you know? And, and part of me wonders, and this is like, I'm just kind of putting this out. This is my own thoughts on this one. But like, I wonder in part if Vern Troyer, if he would have known that a fourth, in, a fourth movie was coming, would that have changed his perspective on life? And he would have not done what he did. And I don't want to put that pressure on Mike Myers. I put that, put that thing on Myers. But it is a theory. It is a, it is an interesting theory, uh, nonetheless, to see whether or not that, that, that's that, that's the case. So unfortunately, we don't know much more than just this right now. But again, if you want my opinion, I'd rather there be another Wayne's World than another Austin Powers. But listen, I'm a, I'm a big Mike Myers fan. I'll be a Mike Myers fan till the end of damn time. Uh, so I'm totally OK with there being more and more of that. Uh, so here's this uh, this one. This is interesting here. Uh, Penny Dreadful, which I completely admit I misspelled in the topic section, uh, blame my dyslexia, has a follow-up series set in 1938 Los Angeles that's been ordered by Showtime, saying that Showtime has set a Penny Dreadful pre uh, sequel series. Uh, they've greenlit City of Angels from Penny Dreadful creator, writer, and executive producer John Logan, who returns in the same roles. He's joined by Michael Aguilar, who will exec with him. Uh, production is expected to begin in 2019. The spiritual descendant 
content of the story set in Victorian area London. The next chapter will employ a new vision, new characters and storylines. It opens in a 1938 Los Angeles at a time and place deeply infused with Mexican-American folklore and social tension. Rooted in the conflict between characters connected to the deity Santa Muerte and others aligned with the devil, Penny Dreadful City of Angels will explore an exciting mix of the supernatural and the combustible reality of that period, creating new occult myths and moral dilemmas with a genuine historical backdrop saying here that penny dreadful city of angels will have a social consciousness and historical awareness that we chose not to explore in penny dreadful's london storylines we will now be, be grappling with specific historical and real world political and religious social and racial issues in 1938 los angeles uh in 1938 los angeles was facing some hard questions about its future and uh, its souls our characters must do the same there are no easy answers there are only powerful questions and arresting moral challenges as always in the world of penny dreadful there are no heroes or villains in this world, only protagonists and antagonists, complicated and conflicted characters living on the fulcrum of moral choice. So here's the thing. That sounds cool. That sounds that sounds pretty cool. It also sounds like Penny Dreadful is getting to 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 quote the kiddies out there. Hashtag woke. Um, but I, again, if it's if it's playing into what they feel is going on at the time and they're trying in all these aspects of Mexican-American culture, I'm down with that. I have no problem. I think there's a lot of cool shit in the occult. Of Mexican culture, man. That stuff's awesome, right? Uh, I mean, look at my skull avatar. Kind of to come across as Dia de los Muertos, right? I get a lot of that, you know? They're like, oh, are you Hispanic? I'm like, no, Canadian. <laughs> but anyway, I mean, here's what I think fans want, to be honest with you. And I'm, I'm not, a, and I've never seen the show, but I've, I have friends who watch it. I'll tell you, I'm going to tell you right now, uh, uh, John Logan uh, and I, I'm pretty sure you know this, but I'm just I'm just going to say it loud and say it proud. What fans want is a goddamn finale. How about a finale? How about a final? How about a conclusion to your story? You had a cliffhanger on the season three ending and it went nowhere. It died. Right. The show is dead. And so what do you do? You move on to 1938 Los Angeles. Eh. Eh. Finish your first story. Finish your meal before coming back from more kid. Finish your first meal. <laughs> anyway, finally, this is what I wanted to talk about a, a couple days ago. I just didn't get the chance to do it. Uh, the Falcon Winter Soldier limited series in the works. Uh, that's cool. Right now, this is this is there's, there's a lot. There's a lot to digest with this, a lot to undertake with this. Uh, but let's take a look here. Uh, Marvel heroes Falcon and Winter Soldier are teaming up for a potential limited series at the Disney streaming service. Variety has learned exclusively that Malcolm Spellman has been tapped to write a series featuring the two superheroes, which is currently in development at the streamer. It is the first of the proposed Marvel limited series to find a writer. Marvel and Disney declined to comment. All right. So here's the thing. Okay, here's here's the deal with this. There's more going on, but we'll, we'll kind of just take a quick crack at that. This is awesome. It is. Look, one of my favorite parts of Civil War was when Bucky and Falcon were like running, we're trying to fight Spider-Man and just like they, I, they had good chemistry together and it was good. They're like, and then not only that, but the scene in the car when Cap is talking to Agent 13, right? He was talking to, uh, oh, oh God, a Carter's niece, right? I guess the other Agent Carter, uh, whatever her name is, I forget right now. I know Emily Van Camp is the actress, but it doesn't matter. And he's, you know, and he's like, oh, would you scoot your seat forward? And he was like, no, like they've got good chemistry because they've got that. Like they both want to be the best friend of Captain America. So giving them their own series in that regard is cool. A limited event series. Now, here's the deal. What, what, what we know so far, 
What we know so far is that Loki, Scarlet Witch, and Vision are getting their own series, right? Respectively separate. Okay, the, the limited series of Loki, who knows how that's going to be, obviously. And look, we've I think we've all known this. Loki ain't dead. All right. Yeah, he got his next snap. Okay, but when they go back and they redo the t- they use the time stone to go back and redo everything, you know they're going to go back and they're going to freaking save Loki because you know it's going to happen. Everyone like you know it. All right, we just we all know it. Just it's going to happen. <laughs> anyway, anyway. <laughs> so you've got so you've got that. Uh and then and then, you know, like uh you got uh, the uh, Scarlet Witch and Vision are going to have their show. And that's going to focus on them and their relationship, which was actually something that I do feel was ultimately underdeveloped between uh, Avengers Age of Ultron, Civil War, and of course, Infinity War. Uh, And those are the things that they're working on right now, right? We're hearing reports that there's going to be a Hawkeye movie, but I don't know if that's coming to theaters or that's going to go to Disney streaming. I would argue probably Disney streaming, probably. And then you've got this whole thing too. Now, I personally feel... That the reason why they're doing this is they're trying to wrap up contracts. I do. I think they're trying to wrap up contracts. Uh, They've got them locked down. The Disney streaming service clearly wants to take on Netflix. And they're going to be throwing like big budget size, you know, budgets at these shows, at these limited series as a way of bringing in Marvel fans. And I think actually having a solid connected universe that is not that is not going to be divided between New York and L.A., Feige and, and Pulmeter, Marvel Studios and Marvel Television, and that freaking Midwest gap between the two is going to do a lot to save everything. I do. I think it's going to do a lot to save stuff. So I think it's going to be pretty good. Now, it says news of the development comes after Variety exclusively reported that Marvel and Disney were prepping multiple limited series centered on characters from the Marvel Cinematic Universe who had yet to appear in their own standalone films. At the time, it was reported that characters like Loki and Scarlet Witch would also be the subject of their own limited series. The series are expected to be six to eight episodes. Unlike other Marvel shows like Daredevil and The Punisher, the series on the Disney streaming service will be produced by Marvel Studios and Kevin Feige. Uh, Now, here's the thing with that, too. Just kind of quickly wrap up. I was reading today that apparently the views of uh daredevil season three are down like 57 percent from like season two i don't know i mean the metrics on that one we know that that uh we know we know that marvel like that netflix keep keeps stuff to that that stuff close to the chest we know that but at the same time it kind of makes sense like they barely promoted it uh i haven't watched it i haven't had time i haven't had time to finish iron fist season two yet You know, it's like that is a problem with all of these shows. Like I said at the beginning of the episode, it's like I'm having trouble keeping up on three buck review stuff. Everything else going on, it's very difficult to keep up on all this stuff. And I don't think I'm the only one. And I do this shit for a living. So I'm slacking on my own right there. But anyway, this is where we find ourselves today. This is where we find ourselves on the 1st of November. A lot to talk about, a lot to discuss. Uh, Birds of Prey getting getting rated R, uh, going the route of Logan and Deadpool, I think is going to be very good. For DCEU, they're it's going to separate themselves from stuff Marvel won't do yet. Honestly, let's be fair. They're going to start dropping the R-rated stuff to the 20th Century Fox banner. Very similar to what Disney did with Touchstone and Miramax back in the day. They'll do hardcore R-rated stuff, just not under the Disney banner. And Marvel Studios is underneath Walt Disney Studios. Fox is going to be Fox. So it's going to be totally different, totally its own thing. Uh, Bad Boys for Life is going to be going on. I can't wait to see that. It's going to be fantastic. Austin Powers 4, you know what? Fuck it. All right, fine. Give me. I'll take it. Uh, Penny Dreadful. If you guys saw it, let me know how you, how you like it. Uh, Falcon and Bucky TV series is going to be pretty dope as well. Anyway, long episode. Long episode. Uh, I understand how to, how to get this stuff in the, out of the way in the first part of it. But I do appreciate you guys making it all the way through here. Uh, if you are watching this on YouTube and you want to comment and you made it this far, type, uh, type powers in the chat so I know. 
Uh, if you guys are listening to this on iTunes, uh, I really appreciate it. And be sure to check out the YouTube channel. I will talk to you all later. Have yourself a great day and peace out.